Hello and welcome to Lord Clark and Friends, episode number 10. Uh, tips for attending the presidential inauguration? Oh yeah, yeah. What, what did they say about that? I, I haven't heard much about this, and this is something you've brought to my attention in a couple of different articles, but um, you were kind of joking that should people be arming themselves for the inauguration? Oh or? yeah, yeah. If you want to get into the uh, presidential inauguration, leave your guns at home. Oh. <laughs> I guess they wouldn't look too kindly at that, especially, you know, with all of the hubbub about how historic this election has been. Now, I've never heard of, no matter how disliked the guy was being inaugurated, I've never heard somebody taking a pot shot, even Lincoln's second term, at the president (laughs) on the inauguration day. Oh, they usually wait? They usually wait till some other time. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you know, it's funny because he's been pretty picky. They've, like, sending out press releases saying, you know, don't scalp tickets, don't try to sell them, and, you know, and I guess people are already throwing them on eBay and getting thousands of dollars. Yeah, hey, I would, you know, I mean, if I had a couple of tickets to Inauguration Day and I could make $5,000 or so to go to it, you know, for somebody to go to it in my place, I'd be a capitalist pig and do it. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but that's something I'd. Uh, then the forecast—they're talking about it being freezing out there. You want to stand in the freeze and freeze yourself? Well, you know, I would think it, it, this brings a, up a good point. And the same kind of people that would show up, you know, on a freezing cold day to uh, inauguration are probably the same kind of people who would on a freezing cold day, stand outside for, like, New Year's Eve and, uh, you know, perhaps be somewhat inebriated or on some sort of substance that, you know, helps combat or dull the temperature sensitivity. Yeah, well, I I remember doing... I did that one New Year's Eve just to, uh, you know, the year 2000 uh, because I was hoping everything would blow up in front of my face and, you know, the buildings would start falling in front of my face. So, you know, I went down to first night on Y2K and was kind of disappointed. Uh, But did get to see a good fireworks show. But, yeah, it was kind of freezing, and I'd say that I wasn't ready to repeat that quickly again. Um, Now, don't get me wrong. I do not condone any threats whatsoever on a president, president-elect, right, or anything right. like that. But I yeah. will say this. There are some people out there who I would prefer if they just decided to take an early retirement. And I'm going to leave it at that. Yes, I agree. And if, you, if, they, if that person were to choose to retire before he took the office, yeah. uh, I would also be prefer that. Yeah. Um, now, uh, John Kerry... Uh, apparently, yes. one he beat that Beatty guy. Okay, and with ease. Was, huh? I think he won with ease too, if I remember. Yeah, he won with ease. Okay, he he, you know, flies from his trapeze. He wins with ease, right? Right. So, but he may have a position in the new Obama administration. So Yay. that means we can just you know give him a nice kick to the butt and uh, out of Massachusetts. Bye bye, you go. Well, this might actually be a historic session of Congress here. To 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 really think about this yeah. in Massachusetts, we may be able to get rid of both sen- both senators in one one fell swoop. Really? Because 
Kennedy, yeah. he's dying of a glioblastoma, so that's a 100% death sentence. Does that mean they're going to promote him to somewhere in the Obama administration, or...? Um, well, I think he was on Q-Tool until he, you know, God cursed him with this. Um, oh. <laughs> or at least that's what I think happened, you know. So he can't buy his way out of this problem? No, he cannot. This is, there is not enough technology in the world that can save you from a glioblastoma. Yeah, but now Obama supports stem cells. That's fine, but by the time those stem cells help somebody with a glioblastoma... Yeah. He'll be long dead. Yeah, wh- where is this glioblastoma? It, it is a... It's in his head? It's a brain cancer. So what if we take out some chunk... Oh, maybe that's a little too graphic. Maybe oh, that's fine, that's have... fine. We're, we're, we're not a children's show. Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, can't you just remove some of those pieces? I mean, most, you know, most people use about 3% of the, their brain, but I, I would think that liberal Democrats like... Him is probably using maybe less than half of that. So there's plenty of chunks that they could probably just remove, and he'd probably be okay. Sure, maybe he'd slur his speech a little more, maybe he could walk, but he, uh, you know, could get by. From what I understand, they'd have to remove so much of your brain that you'd be considered brain dead. This, this cancer, once it gets going, is so have aggressive. Have you heard his voting record? Yes, I have. <laughs> And I'm so glad that it's going to be gone. But so, so I, I, can you, how can you make the leap there from what is brain dead and what's just dumb? Well, let's put it this way. He won't even be able to pick up the glass of alcohol that he normally would like to drink and put it to his mouth. Oh. If, if you tried to remove the amount of brain material that it would take, if he would still survive that. that. Well, could we give him a brain transplant? Well, we'd all like to put up a dummy senator up there who would be <laughs> somebody we'd like to have. But who would you brain transplant into his head? Now, that's a good question. That is a very good question. What, what do you think about that, uh, that uh, congressman from Georgia who was saying to be very concerned about the uh, possibility of a, somewhat of a fascist uh, Obama administration coming to pass? I mean, could we plug his brain in? His, I mean... Would he make enough sense? Well, do we want to take him out of his seat from Georgia? Just Is he a little fill? too paranoid? Well, I, yeah, I'd say the I, transplant, you know, coming up here, spend a little time, Massachusetts, hang out. I, you know. I don't think he's too paranoid. I think he he's right on the mark. I think Obama's going to hunt down anybody who criticizes him. And I'm even wondering if this podcast may survive this, you know. Oh. You know, Obama may start hunting us down because we criticize him all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, I mean, well, that's, a, that's a clear thing. Is Are they going to go after trying to restrict podcasting after they're done with the, the uh, liberal media? You know, this... You know, I can see a, a society here where, you know, they try to do something to destroy you if... You know, we can go back to the days of what what was it, Nader, you know, what did they have in the 50s where they were tracking everybody down, Nader and and blacklisting people and doing things like that? Oh, the um, McCarthyism. McCarthyism. I can very easily see a type of McCarthyism surrounding Obama. But wouldn't the irony be that he's the communist? Uh, yes, but 
Look, change is good. Change Together is good. we can. Together we can create a Obama dictatorship. You know, that's the kind of things that he's talking about, and these people are talking about change being good. That's a real kind of scary thing. Yeah, but you know, you know, look at like look look at what he look at what he's tried to do to just Joe the plumber who just asked a question and the Republicans got some political capital off of it. He tried yeah. to kill. He tried to destroy that man. He tried to kill him, huh? Well, basically, he tried to kill him with you know he tried to do everything he could to destroy that man. But look, look, we, we gotta take this all with a grain of salt. Okay, we know every politician is a different candidate. You know. The candidate they are before an election is not the same person afterwards. So the odds are pretty good that he probably won't accomplish anything that he claims he would be able to. Well, I I think the thing that we're going to kind of see is, is this guy going to turn out to be, and the question that I have, is this guy going to turn out to be another Duval Patrick? Because their, their, their campaigns were interchangeable. Whatever happened to people fearing change? Was change supposed to be bad? I know I might have brought this up before, but it's always worth repeating. I have you know, no idea. Yeah, change. Well, I think people are. I think what really happened here was the economy tanked, and Obama got to ride the uh, the bad economy into office. Yeah. Like a magic carpet. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay, and when is somebody going to pull that carpet out? I think when the Dow hits about 2,000, uh, six weeks after he hits office, is when that carpet's going to be pulled out. I honestly think March of next year, there's going to be some grumbling that this guy... uh, Can't do anything? This guy can't do anything, and all his ideas are... are, He has no ideas that are of his own, in that he... He can't do anything but want to raise taxes or something like that. You know, he won't. Any of his ideas are all bad for the economy. So, what are we going to do? Um, And the economy, I think, is going to. I think maybe the only thing that may help us here with him is the economy may actually help us control him, because the economy will be tanking so bad that you can't do any of these liberal things because it will just further depress. Tax increase, you know, tax well, intakes. The thing is, the federal government has their own playbook, you know. Right. And whenever things get really bad, the the government either raises rates or they print more money. Right. This is historically backed up. I mean, this is sound stuff. You can look it up. It's all out there. Right. So, you know, the question is, how how bad is it going to get, and how fast, and will it get? Will it get so bad so fast that he can't do anything in time? Yeah. I think it it's getting bad, that bad that he there's nothing he can do um, in time to to take it. Plus, as you noticed, since he's been the president-elect, the market has kind of weighed in on what he's uh, on uh, who's, pre- who's president now. Or who's going to be president? Well, you know, we did have one of the bigger drops in the market since he's been elected. Right. Exactly. You know, and that doesn't seem to... It seems to get a little bit underreported. 
Um, I've seen, I've heard some reporting on it, and I've heard a lot of reporting from CNBC on it that the market is is saying what what it is, but everybody else is under reporting it because they don't want to, you know, yeah. they don't have as close ties to the market, uh, you know, as the well, only thing they discuss. You, but the- the, the day before he got elected, I pulled my money out of the market. I think a lot of people did. <laughs> well, I've spent most of this year doubling down, so I've kind of gotten myself hosed. But as you know, I've I've been building building a bear market strategy for a while, so I wasn't unprepared for this, well, this tumbling. You know, I, think, I think there's a little bit of a psychological mass exodus that has occurred. And, well... At least they're a mass exodus in practice, but a, the psychology behind it is, uh-oh, we're in trouble. Either we're going to get taxed heavily, yes. or we're going to have capital gains coming, or the market looks so screwed and it can't get better with this guy trying to do whatever he's going to try to do. Right. Uh, take your money, pay down your debts, take your money, transfer it overseas, take your money and spend it in something tangible, but... You know, it's uh, not looking good. No, I and I agree. Here's the escape pod. Batten down the hatches. You know, get in the dinghy or the rowboat or something. Well, my my opinion is is in times of different. The the stronger this gets, the people who can expand their empire, who can expand, who can buy, w- without increasing their debt, without going into debt. During these times, are the ones who are going to make the, make out the best. This yeah, is like proven. The Chinese, the Chinese are going to buy up. Oh, I, yeah, I understand. in our land. Uh, hey, I understand. You know, the Japanese did it the last time in the eighties, um, yep. before Reagan could recover the economy. Now, what I found was, I went back and looked at what what happened to the Chinese tra- Japanese trying to take us over. Um, they. Uh, they kind of killed their uh, economy, hmm. um, and they kind of got hosed. For that they didn't get hosed for buying American; they just got left behind by American America's economy. Um, and Great. the only things that worked out for them were their investments in America. Uh, anyways, back to the topic: investing in this kind of environment, there has to be. Uh, if you you have to kind of be ready for this environment, and I think that would require us to do a whole special on how we think investing in this environment should happen, or how to invest in the market in this environment uh, without losing your shirt. Um, there are definitely ways to do it. There are definitely ways not to do it. Um, you can invest long term. You can invest short term. Uh, it's just you have to have a strategy and you have to stick to things. But I think that would be for a whole nother show where we actually sat down and went through right. how to do it. Um, I agree that if you're someone, you know, in your position, you did the right thing. You got out before all of your securities tanked. Yep. To deleverage myself from all of my positions um, or to ride it out was the question I had going forward. Um, and it basically, I was looking at a lot of, you know, I have half my, uh, my securities are based in overseas things, uh, and based on 
certain factors in the market that I was like, well, instead of selling out, I'll just hold, I'll batten down the hatches and uh, revamp my investing style. Well, speak, speaking of overseas. Uh, yes. So it seems like uh, I actually had, uh, was reading this interesting letter that uh, Iranian puppet leader, um, I mean, uh, Ahmadinejad. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ahmadinejad. Yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, that guy. Yeah. Uh, had written, and it was kind of interesting because he was congratulating Obama on his presidency. Right. And if you didn't know anything about this guy, you'd think that he's just a swell guy and he wasn't exactly a loose cannon, hate monger, whack job. Right. And so, you know, I thought that was kind of interesting. And I think that what may prove to be at least somewhat entertaining is the notion that people in the rest of the world are so in that uh, honeymoon phase with how they feel about Obama being the president of the U.S., Mm -hmm. that maybe, perhaps for a while, we won't be nearly as much of a terrorist target because we elected him. Yeah, and I think I've exposed on this also that I think Obama should uh, should more heavily favor his Muslim heritage uh, now because you know we're in a war against Muslims. Let's let's go kill it at the source uh, instead of you know let's let's beat them at their own game. You know, and I think he's taking this wrong strategy now. I think he should you know show his true colors. Um, well, what's his game he's going to beat them at? Well, you know, if if he turns out to be a Muslim himself, yeah. all our Ahmadinejad friends who like to call us uh, Zionist America um, yeah. have a problem. Oh. Because we just elected a Muslim. So a Muslim-led country means you can't attack us. Oh. It's against their their biblical law. So... Electing him was kind of like a secret weapon against terrorism? Uh, yeah, actually, that was one of the things I could see as a benefit to, to him being around. Right. Um, now, there are not many other benefits. I'm not going to say anything like that. But uh, that could be one benefit. He's the, he could be... We could actually see him be a secret defense against terrorism. So how long do you think it'll be before the honeymoon's over and people start to realize that uh, why the heck did we elect him? Because, I mean, it, I mean, it's, it just seems to me that the whole election of him was cutting our nose off to Spider-Face. Bush was right. bad. We, you know, he was the lowest popular, lowest popularity president in many, many years. Right. Apparently he was less popular than Nixon. Well, what's funny is, is let, let's, let's list the presidents who are less popular than Nixon because... Let's go ahead and look at Nixon got impeached just after he won his second term in office. There was only one state that didn't vote didn't vote for Nixon as far as electoral votes were concerned. That was Massachusetts. (laughs) One state. Nixon was a very popular president. They're trying to say Nixon wasn't. Nixon was a very popular president. Um. 
not so sure where they get this, you know. I think it's approval ratings. Like well, they, Bru- Nixon's approval ratings were just sky high. Well, not not when he uh, no, you know, just just when yeah Water- when Watergate came out, his yeah. approval ratings crashed. But until then, Nixon was a very uh, very well, popular they're, president. They're talking about the lowest of the lows. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but for the most part, uh, you know, Kennedy wasn't a popular president. Uh, yeah. There weren't too many popular presidents, you know. He became a lot more popular after he died. Died, yeah. Yeah. After he gave his life for our country, did he become more popular? Uh, and well, they tried to. Exactly, an honorable way to die. I don't know. I mean, you know, somebody blew him away. You know. Yeah, but it wasn't like honorable. Yeah. True. I mean, he was shot in the back of the head uh, <laughs> by an ex-marine. Um, <clears throat> now, that, that's something we could also get into, which is always, you know, topic of conversation. Was, was there more one than bullet. one shooter? Was a bullet. <laughs> was it the magic bullet, or you know, or was there more than one shooter? <laughs> now, they did actually prove the shot that killed him was the one that came from the book repository. Oh, okay. They've actually proven in ballistics tests and in bullet, trying to to see it, the bullet that went through him and killed him definitely was the one that the one that went through the back of his head was the one that uh, killed him. Huh. Oh no, excuse me. That wasn't what they proved. They proved that the the magic bullet, the the way the bullet went through him from the back. Uh, and all the points that it was supposed to hit, that magic bullet theory, was actually true. The, pro- the second problem was there definitely was a second shot which blew off the back of his skull with its exit, wo- with its, with its exit wound. The one that actually killed him uh, came from, from another direction. That's what it was. So, percentage-wise, what do you think it's going to cost to protect our new president-elect compared to previous presidents? Um, I don't think it'll cost much more because we've got all of the the things in place to protect the president unless he does something stupid. It's more going to be like the other day where the secrets, where the Secret Service was kind of annoyed at him for going out and, you know, he spent a little bit too long outside shaking people's hands when he was going to his daughter's school. Yeah. And the Secret Service wanted to, was kind of like, you don't realize people can start taking pot shots at you the longer you stay out here. We can't secure this location. Right. You know, no matter what, there are too many angles from, from a close enough distance where somebody can hide and shoot. Um, and get a shot off before your, you know, before we have a chance to, to respond or find this guy. Um, and I think that's where he's going to make a mistake. Yeah. Or if the Secret Service had it, you, you know, it would have its way. They may have to teach him, but for the most part, he rides around in a 
armored car. Uh, he Not has like a, the uh, Escalade that uh, Deval Patrick had quite the stir about. Uh, no, no, not at all. This is an armored limousine. Uh, he has yeah. a uh, he has a 747 that he flies around that has a fighter escort um, that can be refueled in the air, so you don't ever have to land, uh, which is your biggest protection. Um, what else? I mean. You oh, know. pardon me. That wasn't a that wasn't an Escalade. That was a Deville, right? Whatever it was, <laughs> it doesn't it was matter. A Cadillac. <laughs> Cadillac. <laughs> yeah, it was a Cadillac. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, one could also say that a Cadillac isn't quite the status symbol it was in years past. Uh, yeah, well, Cadillac isn't as nice of a car as it used to be. Yeah. Uh, well, with GM and Ford tanking. I tanking, think Chrysler of, going. Chrysler, nobody wants to buy Chrysler. Lump them all in together. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to buy Chrysler. No. If you'd like to leave us a comment, please email us at podcast at lordclark.com. And thank you for listening. <laughs>